0: part three, experiencing the goodness of God. And our, our foundation for th- these messages have been Psalms uh, 23. And today is Psalms 23, verses 1 and 2. Uh, l- let me say as I preach this message, I'm, I'm all ears on this message. I uh, posted on Facebook a few minutes ago, I said, y'all pray for me because this is, this is one of those messages that I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to myself. And I, I think you'll understand as I get into it, um, you know, relax. What does the word relax mean to you? Or, or let me say, what does the word rest mean to you? What does it mean in preparation of the message? I studied, uh, I studied some uh, stats about our culture and what it means to rest or, in fact, relax. And here's what I found out. It says that the average American in our culture today enjoy employment more than enjoyment. Think about that now. They enjoy employment more than enjoyment. And as long as we do that and we continue to practice it before you know it, you may not define yourself as this, but listen carefully. You could be considered a workaholic, and I'll tell you how you're going to define that in just a moment. The truth is this. Most of us don't know how to chill. Any amens out there? Any amens in the living room? You ladies are going to love this message, I promise you. All right, here we go. We know that some, as I prepared the message, I thought, Lord, you know, this message is you're just shooting me dead here. But you know what? We just got to pay attention and believe God. Here's what I also found out. That studies show the average American gets two hours less sleep now than we did 50 years ago. 50 years ago. Do you know there was a time in my life if I'd have said that, I, I could have said, well, I don't know what that is. I'm not 50 yet. But I've been there. But get it, two hours less sleep than we did 50 years ago. Well, why? Well, we don't know how to rest. Now, Job 20, verse number 18 says, They are unable to relax and enjoy anything they've worked for. You ask yourself, Well, why? Why is it that any culture, any person says, Man, I'm working hard but they're unable to relax and enjoy anything they've worked for. That's that's some kind of a testimony, isn't it? You see, we're always in a hurry. We've got a to-do list. If we don't have one, we can see. We've we've got it cataloged up here. Some people can't stop thinking about what they have to do, what they need to do. And we're always, you know, always at a place that that mind is churning and, and the body is not able to rest. And if more than one person's ever told you to slow down, well, guess what? You probably need to slow down. And you know what else? Here's what I found out. Some feel guilty about relaxing. You're a workaholic. Here it is. If you wear your beeper to church. You're a workaholic if you bring your phone into church and you keep it on so you can text in the the middle of worship or the message. Well, this message is is to help us today to know what it means to relax. So you say, "That's, that's kind of a light subject, isn't it? Well, let's find out. Let's take a look at it. Already some of you are about ready to turn me off. Don't you dare turn me off. Here we go. Exodus 23, verse 29. I'm not going to give you everything I promised you in a single year, because you're not prepared to handle that much blessing. And it would be too much for you to manage. Instead, you'll take possession of what I want to give you little by little so that you can grow. Then you'll be strong enough to handle it. That's called pacing growth. We know that Rome was not built in a day. We know that God moves us and through us, and He's growing us. And if you have a business, you're making that business grow. You know what God's doing? He's growing you along with that business. You have a family, children that are growing, and He's growing you along with those children. You have a career and decisions to make. God is growing you along with that. In other words, He wants you to be a whole person. And God considers rest as important as work. I can't believe I said that. He considers rest as important as work. Let me tell you why. I got a lot of Scripture today to back up what I'm preaching. Exodus 31. One day a week will always serve as a reminder that I made the heavens and the earth in how many days? Six days. And then on the Sabbath— I rested and relaxed. You think God needed to rest? No. What do you think he was doing then? He was modeling a whole person. He was modeling the fact, this is what I want you to do. We've heard this phrase, hey, keep the Sabbath holy. It belongs to God. So Psalms 23, he talks about the shepherd, a person who cares for the sheep. And he said, here's what a good shepherd does for his sheep. He always makes a way for his sheep to remain healthy. So Psalms 23, notice the words. It's right there. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still or quiet waters he makes me now that is so serene if you think for a moment you're running 90 miles an hour and you're considered a workaholic though you won't admit it and you fail to take some time off every week half a day or a day or whatever the case here's what God will do Now, I believe this. You see, God has a way of making you. He makes me. Making you take time to rest. So in other words, you ever had a cold or the flu? You ever had some situation that you just couldn't shake, usually in a day or two? And you know what I think God's doing? God's saying, hey, I need you to rest for three or four days. I just need you to chill out. So I could heal you miraculously, and that medication could work more quickly. But the reality is you need to just tune out and chill. Put your mind in neutral and get the rest that you need. He makes you. You see, to give God my best requires rest. To do all that I need to do as a born again believer, to stand up to the task of promoting and sharing the gospel, to be the kind of light that shines brightly, he says, you're going to need less stress and more rest. And you see, if you don't rest, it's a fact you're going to be stressed. If you ever had a, a child and you know they're sleepy and their eyes are red and they're whiny and and you know and, and they they just wiggle and and they're just pouty and some, somebody will say, you know, it's nap time, it's your time to get a nap, time to, time to rest and to go to sleep. You know what happens when, that, and that, when mom and dad says that, that child pitches a bigger fit. I mean, they can stiffen that back, stiffen those legs because the last thing in the world they want to do is to have to go to sleep or in fact, go to bed. Here's something I found out a lot of times we're like that. When I talk about rest or I talk about relax, we're like that child, we we stretch it out and say, God, but you don't understand when I get to this place, I'm going to be able to do that. You see, we have to learn what it means to relax and rest in the goodness of God. So let me tell you how some things that might help us. Number one, number one, misplaced identity basing my worth on my work. You see, we confuse work with worth. Work with worth. We confuse net worth with self-worth. We believe that if we work hard and succeed, then we are going to be valuable. If we produce, we are somebody. Ecclesiastes 10.15 says, only someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work. Might take a note of that. That's Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes 10, 15. Here's the second thing. Materialism, always wanting more. Is that you? Is that your family? I always want more. We often say that we have to make more money. We have to work harder. We have to work longer hours. And then Proverbs steps in, Proverbs 23, verse 4, Do not wear yourself out trying to get rich. Have the wisdom to show some restraint. Your money can be gone in a flash. And if it had grown wings, it would fly away like an eagle. He said you can lose your money in a flash. Did you know that our our forefathers may have known that on the dollar bill? Did you know that there is an eagle that's there on the dollar bill reminding us this baby can fly away in a heartbeat? And We know, we know that there's some valuable things that we learn. Now let me say this. You want to capture this. We often work the first half of our life sacrificing our health in order and working and working in order to get wealth. Sacrifice our health to begin with in order to get wealth. And then the last half of your life, here's what happens. You sacrifice your your wealth in order to get your health back. You see, the older you get, the more little bottles you have of pills, why didn't treat the body right to begin with here it is luke 12 watch out always be on your guard against all kinds of greed because your life is not defined by how much you make or how many things you own thirdly envy wanting to be like other people we have to keep up with the joneses do you really You say, well, I'd never say that. We don't keep up with the Joneses. Joneses? No. You know, their kids, little girls have dance lessons, and what do you do? Well, your little daughter doesn't want to be left out, so y'all got to get dance lessons. Well, they have about five dozen extracurricular activities, not only going to school, but doing this and this. And you think, I don't want my kids to be left out, so we've got to have extracurricular activities. And you might get home after all that's done about 7 o'clock at night and try to sit around the table or eat out of a box that's got pizza in it. And my friend, that's no good for any person. The human nature, we often do things that other people do simply because they're doing them. And Solomon said, I see the problem. And he tells us about it in Ecclesiastes 4.4. I've learned why people work so hard, why they work so hard to succeed. It is because they envy the things their neighbors have. I'll leave that right there. Number four, valuing achievement over relationships. Men have a greater problem with this than women do. You see, That's when you put your career above everything else, including relationships. Men and women have walked away from their marriages because of their careers. They've walked away being a good parent, training children, showing them the way because of their career, just too busy. They've walked away from being a good friend because of their careers. They don't have time. Ecclesiastes 4, 7 says, why don't don't I let myself enjoy life? Who cares? Who will get what I leave behind? What a senseless and miserable way to live. You're better off having someone to enjoy and to share the rewards of your work. You see, God didn't put us on this earth to make a to-do list. He put us here to love our neighbor and to love one another. And when you get before the Lord, maybe some of his questions will be like this. Tell me about your relationships. Did you get to know me as your Lord and Savior? Did you get to know God the Father well? Did you get to know your neighbor and share fellowship with them? Did you get to know those who desired to be friends with you and and put their hand out and you just didn't have the time because they were not perfect friends? There are no perfect friends. Did you get to know them? Did you understand that? You see, that's the beauty of being a Christian is we understand that fellowship and friendship is a part of propagating the gospel of Christ. Number five, insecurity. When I'm afraid, I'm afraid I won't have enough. I'm afraid I won't have enough. I said to someone this week, just hang in there. God will supply all your needs. He's not letting you down. You see, my friend, God can do what you can't do at the snap of your fingers. And what's the key to that? It's faithfulness. It's being faithful to God. One guy told a story of having dinner with a very, very, very wealthy individual. And he asked him this question. How much do you think you've got to have yet in order to be secure? And the man, without even thinking, said probably another 20 or 30 million can you believe that? In order for you to feel secure, how much more would it take? I think most of us probably feel a little more secure if we had a half a million. Anybody out there say amen? That'd make me feel a little better off, my friend. And then don't forget Ecclesiastes 6, 7 in the message version says, we work to feed our appetites, but meanwhile, our souls go hungry. You know what he means? If we worked as hard taking care of this physical body, of building the spiritual body, we better be better off. David wrote in Psalms 127, It is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing and worrying that you won't have enough, for God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. Did you hear what he said? He makes me. Lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. I could sum this whole message up just like this. Take time to rest. Take time to be quiet. And then to do that, remember your value to God. God didn't create any junk. It's not what you do that gives you worth. It's not your job. It's not the money that you have. Your worth comes from the one that you belong to. You are God's creation. That makes your value and your worth because you're a child of Almighty God. James, Jesus' brother, said, God decided to give us life through the word of truth so that we might be the most important of everything God has created. What did he say he said of all the creation everything you are the most prized creation of almighty God think about that that'll make you strut your feathers my friend that'll make you say and you push your chest down and say I'm not valuable because of what I make where I live what I do or my intellect or my education I'm valuable because there was one who created me and that in fact He loves me. Let me tell you another little secret. In Isaiah 49 verse 16, here's what he said. I have engraved you on the palm of my hand. Wait a minute. It's right there. I've engraved you on the palm of my hand. There are a lot of people that have tattoos. I can't believe I said the word tattoo from the pulpit, but There are many right here who have a tattoo, but here's what he said. I engraved you on the palm of my hand. Many people have a tattoo, usually the the name early on, you know, when they're 18 and they engrave the name of their girlfriend. Hey, my friend, be sure it's erasable ink. You probably change girlfriends five times before you finally get married or, or put the name of a loved one, a mom, or something of that nature, but to know that the King of kings and the Lord of lords has engraved your name in the palm of his hand says you are of great value. And then here's another way. Enjoy what you have. Are you satisfied? Can anything satisfy you? Can you walk through where you work or where you live or your home or get in your vehicle? When is the last time you said, God, I know this thing is worn and I know there's a lot of things that might be wrong with it, but I just want to thank you for what I have. I want to thank you for this house and I want to thank you for this vehicle that I have. And I just want to thank you for my spouse. I want to thank you for my kids. You don't have to wait till Thanksgiving to do that. You know what it will do? When you get that kind of spirit in you, you'll have greater peace than you ever imagined. Because you would have the kind of contentment that comes with spiritual maturity. After all, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, he didn't have much, but he said, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Can we be so preoccupied with getting more that we don't have the privilege of enjoying what we have? Do that today. Take a moment and say, God, I, I just want to thank you. Solomon Ecclesiastes 4 6, a little food eaten in peace is far better than having twice as much earned from overwork and chasing the wind. Well, we know the commandments: don't murder, don't steal, don't lie, don't commit adultery. But it also says this, work the first six days of the week, but rest and relax on that Sabbath day. Don't steal, kill. What I'm trying to say to you that God places as much value on keeping the Sabbath holy as he does on stealing adultery, don't lie, those things. Now you might say, well, this message is getting a little more interesting. You see, I'm sharing with you something that we don't know how to do. And that truly is to learn how to do it. Okay, I heard the message. It's done. Here we go. We're changing automatically. Don't do that. Work yourself in to a little different lifestyle in increments. If you said, I'm frazzled to the bone right now because you're burning the candle at both ends, don't throw the candles away. Just figure out a way where you can do small things that make it better, that you can enjoy it and enjoy the blessing of Almighty God. And God will help you do that. And then finally, adjust your values. Adjust your values. Mark 8, 36, what good is it? What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, to forfeit his soul? See, loving God, serving God, letting Jesus be the Lord of your life is the most important thing in the world. If anything else has your attention more than your relationship with God, do something about that quickly. If any other thing materially or relationally my friend takes away the love that you have for Jesus make a change and when you make a change God will help you become the kind of person that you need to become and finally my last scripture Matthew 11:28 here it is it's the new living translation Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's God speaking to all of us. So you take this message and tuck it away in your heart. Would you let God, through the Holy Spirit, say what he's chosen to say to you? And then be careful that you don't point your fingers at someone else. If someone that you know, love and trust, didn't get to hear this message and, and they didn't get to hear it, don't call them up and say, I can't wait to see you. I want you to listen to that message from this past Sunday morning. Don't do that. Don't do that. Be sure you understand it totally before you do that. But this message will change your world. And those who know and love you most will appreciate that change in your life. So let's pause for prayer. Father, we thank you for what you have done to us. We thank you because we know you do not fail. We thank you because we know that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of the Lord. We know that we made mistakes. We know that we made mistakes on purpose. And God, I I know because often we say, God, I made a mistake and it's that first mistake And God said, I'm giving you grace and mercy, but then when you make it again, that's not just a mistake, it's a decision. So God, I pray you would help us. I pray you would forgive us. And my friend, just in case there's some of you that say, hey, I need to get things in right order with the Lord. If Jesus were to come, I don't want to be left behind. I need God to give me his grace and mercy. Would you repeat this prayer after me? You may not be able to say it out loud where you're at, but you can say it in your heart. So let's say this prayer together. Here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross. I ask you to come into my heart because I choose to repent. Now let me have the grace and mercy that you have given to me before once again. I promise to serve you and honor you. And God I take this message today and I claim it as my own. I receive it as a voice in my spirit. So let me pay attention and do your divine will In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said amen. Once again, we love you, everybody. God bless you. We're going to continue to worship and believe God again next Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, first service. Come on to church, everybody. God bless and bye-bye. Your goodness is running aft, it's running after me. With my life laid down, surrendered and now I give you everything. Well, let's raise it like we believe it today. Come on. Your goodness is running aft. It's running oh, again to declare it. Your goodness, your, your goodness, goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after me, it's running after me, with my life laid down, I surrender now, I give you everything, oh come on just one more time, can we raise it and declare it, oh we believe in this morning, running it's running out. me, it's your me. goodness sake. your goodness is running After, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Cause your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. Well, come on, if you believe it, can you get your hands together one more time for Jesus? Thank you for tuning in. We hope to see you this coming Wednesday for our next online experience. Have an awesome day.